0: Praise God, Resurrection Sunday, uh, in the body of Christ. Refer to it, Amen. Celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, this is a very, very important day, as I said, in, on the Christian calendar for us, and uh, it's just kind of, it's kind of amazing. Um, so much of what. The Bible, the word predicted in terms of prophecy that would come to pass in these last days, uh, we do see do indeed see happening around us. we see the persecution of the church we see it happening worldwide where it 's very very obvious and very very blatant um, We see where you know God is trying to you know methodically being taken out of everyone 's conversation. We see that on Christmas time they don 't want to call it Christmas anymore they want to call it winter something winter holiday or Frosty the Snowman Day or something, you know, whatever they want to come up with, who knows. But again, the striking thing with, you know, our faith in Jesus Christ just being slowly chipped away at, look around you in the stores, you know. And I remember when my wife and I were raising our children and when I was a child coming up, Easter Sunday was a very, very important day. We all got gussied up and ready for church and so on. And we had an Easter basket. And in the Easter basket, as it was called then, we didn't refer to it as Resurrection Sunday, but in the Easter basket we had things dealing with the Lord. You know, we we had crosses and things like that were in it. It, You find it hard-pressed. And I looked by design yesterday when I passed through Walmart. I looked. Not one Christian-related object was there. Everything to do with the rabbit and the the, the bunny and the eggs and everything else. they got sporting items, footballs or whatever you'll find inside the Easter basket. Anything that you want to put in it. Wouldn't be surprised if one Easter Sunday we didn't find a six-pack of beer in one of the baskets. I mean, this wouldn't surprise me at all. But things are just slowly, slowly trying to get Jesus just out of the picture, you know. And the reason for this is because of what Jesus did on this day, on the day that we choose to celebrate Resurrection Sunday. It was the work after the cross that really, 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 really changed the history of the world. The Bible is the one book that has been translated into more languages, and I once do the statistics on it, how many languages it was written in, but that's the one book that, is, that survives, survives the annals of time forever and ever. We see, though, that Jesus is trying to be written out of the picture because what he did changed history, changed mankind. It changed your future. But so many times when we focus on Resurrection Sunday, we focus on the crucifixion, how he got to the cross and how he died on the cross and so on. Today I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to talk about the actual crucifixion, but I want to look at the events after the crucifixion, the resurrection, because that is what really impacts us. We don't realize that because of what was done at the cross, and many times our, our thoughts on Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday, our right to the cross. Yes, that was a significant event. But in Jesus passing and going down to the pits of hell, to the pit of hell, and defeating the enemy, and rising victoriously on that third day, and being seen by many, that's what we're going to. Put. That was done after it. Afterwards, that paves our way and really our future. So, if of, of resurrection Sunday, or Easter Sunday, simply as the cross. You're doing yourself a tremendous disservice because think about what happened after the cross and the work that was done. Amen? Amen. So with that, let's go to Luke 24. The book of Luke 24. And as you're, you're, you're turning there, um, and don't forget that this was all a part of, of the divine plan of redemption for mankind, which was not going to be hindered or, or thwarted. It started with the sin and the curse in the Garden of Eden because what happened in the Garden of Eden separated us from God, separated all of mankind from God. And as a result of that, going through, going through history, we know that the only way that a uh, uh, man could consult God, so to speak, or to have his sins forgiven was through the one high priest. That was there. The one high priest. And once a year he went into the most holy of holies. The temple was divided into three parts. The outer court, the inner court. And then it was the holy of holies that no one could go into but the high priest. He went in there to put blood on the mercy seat and to, and in essence to to uh, 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 put the sins of man. And then they, they also anointed a goat and sent the goat outside the camp. And all of that was the way of getting rid of the sin. But that was once a year. Man could not talk to God directly. We know that. There have been prophets that were raised up, and at various times, if you read the Word of God, it will say, Samuel will say, Isaiah said that, and the Holy Spirit came upon me, or the Lord said me, told me to, to say this or say that. At God chose specific people to speak to. After the work the cross, Holy Spirit was made available to all of us. Holy Spirit is in all of us. So again, we have to see that the work at the cross, Packs you here in the 21st century. It is not some philosophical exercise or some exercise in intellect that says, yes, Jesus was on the cross. And again, at this period in time, this time of the year, we always focus on Jesus hanging on the cross. But don't forget, you know, Jesus is not there. He's not there. Luke 24, starting with verse number 1. Luke 24, verse number 1. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulchre bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. Underline not, and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. As they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek you the living among the dead? Please on the line, why seek you the living among the dead? Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Please on the line, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke unto you when he was not yet in Galilee, when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And the third day rise again. If he's on the line, the third day rise again. So all of verse number seven there is basically saying, six and seven, it's saying, Remember what he said to you, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men. This is all a part of God's plan. God had to get him to the cross. If you recall in Scripture there where it talks about toward those last days when he was in, uh, in Jerusalem, he was speaking against the Pharisees and he called them, Woe, the You know, you're this and you're that, you're this and you're that, and just really, really call them out. Jesus angered them. He angered them, but this was all a part of God's plan. Because through their anger and their desire to get rid of Jesus, that was what got Jesus. There was the established religion, you know. New message and was upsetting the, the political and the religious order of the day. So, so, but it says here that he had to be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified. And were, we're with them who told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. pissing in the line, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran unto the, the sepulchre, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves, and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. But even now, now these people were around Jesus. They had heard him speaking, and what he was talking about, had seen the miracles and so forth. Here there was still some doubt. There was still some wondering as to what was going on. Verse 13 And behold to a village things which had happened and it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So in other words now they were walking, they were reasoning again is the basis of philosophy. Reasoning again is the and and, and reality and intellect. They're reasoning. Now, Jesus was crucified. We saw gone, and they're trying to to figure all of this out. Okay? Jesus had told them. He said that, you know, that I shall return. He told them this, but they're still reasoning. They're still reasoning. So then Jesus, it says that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not recognize him. Please underline all of verse 16. But their eyes So now this is a man who they had known, had been with and had slept with, had eaten with, and was walking and talking with them, yet still they did not him. All right? Now, in the natural we would stop and think, Well, how is that even possible? If anyone that I knew and had spent spent many time, a lot of time with any one of your family members, I mean think about your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife, all of a sudden on the road and you talking to them. So there was something here spiritually where at this particular point in time, Jesus did not want them to recognize him, you see? So that's the 21st century. How many times do the things of God be right before us? How many times when there's something that we're praying for to happen is right before us, but for some reason we don't see it? You know, know, we can be blinded to the ways of God. Okay? So it says here then, in verse 17, And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that you have one with another as you walk and are sad? Now, if you ever read the Bible, these words are written in red, so this is what Jesus is actually saying. Again, Jesus was crucified, he was put in that tomb, and he, and he rose. So now these are words here where this risen Jesus is talking to them. And the one of them, whose name was uh, Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? So they saying, Where are you from? You don't know what's going on with, with Christ and everything, with Jesus? And he said unto them, What Jesus is Jesus pretending not to know? What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word, and word before all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered Condemned to death. And after, but he hoped, but we hoped, that it had been he who should have redeemed Israel. And besides all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Now, please, underline, but we had hoped that it, uh, he would be uh, the one who would redeem them. Underline that and in write in your, in your margin there the word doubt. All that Jesus had told them, what is he voicing forth now? These people are saying here, we had hoped. So that means that for some reason they had a hope that Jesus was going to be the one, but now all of a sudden that hope is gone. That hope is gone, you see? So even with all of the things that are going on, all that Jesus taught them, Jesus being with them, they still were were, were expressing doubt. Verse 22. Yea, and certain women, also of our company, amazed us who were early at the sepulchre, and when they found not his body, they came Saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, who said that he was alive. And certain of those who were, were with us went to the sepulchre and found it even as the women had, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Please align all of that. O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe, all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things, and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them, to all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And they drew near unto the village to which they went, and he made, uh, and he made as though he would have gone further. So, so just, just to, to stop there for a minute, but Jesus is saying, You're still slow to believe. These people are telling you that this Jesus, now he's speaking kind of in the third person almost, that this fellow is not there, and they're still having these doubts being entertained, you know? Has that changed for us today in this day and age? Has it changed much? We still wind up going through times where we doubt, in spite of all that we've seen, in spite of all that God has done in our lives, the evidence that God has done in our lives, we still wind up at, at, a, at a critical time in our life. We still voice doubt and we voice wondering. Amen? Amen? So here Jesus is walking with them and he's reminding them. And he's saying, say, oh, you slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ, shouldn't Christ, to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? In other words, he had to, to go through all that he for Jesus to get to the point of being glorified. And they drew near unto the village to which they went, and he made as though he would have gone farther, but they constrained him, saying, abide with us, for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass as he sat eating with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, pleasing the line, and their eyes were opened and they recognized him, and he vanished out of their sight. Okay. Now we see a few things happen. the line all of verse 31. While he was talking there with them, it said that he. It says here that he sat down and he ate with them. So that means now Jesus was in this tomb. He, he physically died on the cross. They put him in the tomb, and he raised. He, he rose from the dead. Okay. By the way, just incidentally speaking, him that the, the same power you know that rose Jesus Christ was Holy Spirit. All right. He rose from the dead. He's walking with them now. And obviously, he's able to eat because it says here that... So what kind of a body is this that he has? He obviously was able to eat, but yet still it says there, the the latter part of 31, and he vanished out of... Jesus is risen. He's got this physical body, but yet still... And and, and being that he's, he's God, obviously... He let them be blinded to who he was because he wanted to hear what they were saying and what kind of belief they were voicing, what kind of belief they were talking about. And then at the right time, he revealed he revealed himself, you see. And many times in our lives, we wind up doing the same things. We question God. God is right there before us. And many times, God wants to reveal himself to us, and he can reveal himself to us if we're looking. And if we're, we're, we're on the lookout for him and ready to... Day. Verse 32, and they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked on the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? So what they're saying there basically that there was something while he was speaking to them, something inside of them stirred. You know, that the truth that he was speaking, something inside of them stirred. It's like their spirits were stirred by what Jesus was saying. Verse 33, and they rose up. the line that Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, peace be unto you. Now, here's another case where they were speaking, then all of a sudden, Jesus appeared. All of a sudden, Jesus appeared. All right. Now, we know that they took a physical body off of the cross. We know that they put a physical body in that tomb. Jesus was raised from the dead And now all of a sudden There's something with Jesus here There's something with Jesus That is is transcending Going beyond the natural physical limitations That we understand Alright, because now all of a sudden He just appears Verse 37 But they were terrified and frightened And supposed that they had, had seen a spirit And he said unto them Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hand that it is I myself handle me and see Underline for a spirit has not flesh and bones as you see me have alright so now Jesus again Jesus was standing before them and he just appeared before with the other two men he just disappeared but now he appears but yet still he says however a spirit has not flesh and bones and he said touch me and see he said touch me and see Verse forty. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy, please know joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have you here anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of a boiled fish and a honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them. Please the line and did eat before them. So now here that there's a physical body here, and Jesus is indeed experiencing hunger because he's eating. He's physically eating. A spirit does not eat. Amen. Verse forty four. And he said unto them, These are the words which to you. Why was he open? And in the end his was then open opened the line. Then dead the third day, and that repent, and ye are witnesses of these things. <clears throat> and you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry you in the city of Jerusalem, until you be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands, and Past, while he blessed them, he to heaven. blessing, God. Amen. So it says there that in verse number forty four. Uh, where, it's, where it's written in red there says these are the words which I have spoken to you while I was yet with you all these things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses everything that Jesus did down to the down to the minute every single action was prophesied to that cross Jesus had to be crucified Jesus had to be resurrected the way he was so Jesus is, is, is back there and explaining to them look so far as what happened there now I have indeed risen you see Here they were looking right at Jesus, and at one point there, they still had some doubts. So how much do we occupy, how how much do we entertain doubt that is in our lives, you know? You know, we have to believe, we have to believe, we have to believe. We shouldn't have to get to the point where we need to see Jesus just appear in our bedroom miraculously and show us his hands and his feet before we believe what he has to say, you know? You know, believe everything about him. He says, it says there in verse 45 that he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Well, guess what? We have Holy Spirit that can open our understanding. If we're following the Word of God and we're reading it, if we're praying and we're listening to what God is telling us, and Holy Spirit is in you, then Holy Spirit is going to be advising you and also giving you the answers and giving you revelation, knowledge, and insights. Amen. And give news. So, we okay, it said in. on you but in the city of Jerusalem until you be imbued with power from on high alright so he's telling them it's not over yet he's telling them it's not over yet there's still something else that has to be done so now let's go to the, to the uh, book of Acts go to the book of Acts Acts chapter 1 ok what does all this have to do with me the work that was done on the cross is not just an isolated thing that was done so that we, some 2,000 years ago, could just gather together and celebrate Resurrection Sunday and then go home and eat at Easter ham. Amen. The works that was done on the cross made it so that you, as a child of God, you sitting here in front of me today, that you have eternal life. Amen. If the events that we're reading about had not taken place, the curse would still be upon us to the point that we would be separated from God. All right? And you have to really, you have to process that within your spirit. You can't process it in your head. You have to process that in your spirit. And the same way God opened their eyes so they understood who Jesus is, your eyes also have to be opened so that you understand and believe the realities of these scriptures that we're reading today and what it means for you. Your life does not, end with you leaving here today and going home to, to celebrate the rest of the day. Your life does not consist of simply getting up tomorrow, going to work or going to school and going about your, your business. You do have an eternal destiny before you, but you've got to believe that deep within your spirit and you've got to believe that relative to the things that we're reading here today. There is a lot more before you than meets the eye. I don't want to sound like the Transformers here, right? There's more than meets the eye. But there's more here before you than meets the eye. This is talking about your future. All of us are going to spend eternity. There is such a thing as eternity. All of us is going to spend eternity in one of two places. If we don't know the Lord Jesus and we haven't repented of sin, we haven't accepted him as Lord and Savior, we will either spend, spend time in heaven or we'll spend the rest of eternity in hell. Simple as that. These are not my words. These are the words of the words of the Bible. Amen. So the events of that cross really, 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 really impact you more than you realize and think about on a day-to-day basis. Amen. But the purpose of this message today and why I was led not to focus on the crucifixion, but to focus on the events afterwards is because what is most important here, I'm not trying to minimize the importance of the crucifixion event, but what happened afterwards was really, really important because you have to realize that with, with Jesus' resurrection, he was the first. He was the first of many to be born again. Okay? I am something like, you know, I'm number 2,789,000,000 or whatever it is. Amen? But, but he was the first to be born again, thus making the way for you to be born again and the ability for you to spend eternity in heaven. If these things had not been done, you would not have that ability. Amen? Amen? Sin could not be, be, be forgiven be, be forgiven directly by us going to God and confessing our sin. It would have to go through the high priest. Amen? Go through the high priest. So now we see here, in so Jesus said to go and tarry in Jerusalem. So now with the first chapter of Acts, uh, verse number 1, the promise is, um, have I made, O Theophilus, and uh, of all the... Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through, through Holy Spirit had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. Please, in the line, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, after what happened, after his crucifixion, uh, by many infallible proofs, being seen by them forty days, underline forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the Of the Father, which saith He, you have heard from me. Okay? So, what He's saying there in verse number 3 there, uh, to whom also He showed Himself alive after the crucifixion by many infallible proofs. So, there were many, many proofs, things that could not be denied, that, that are infallible, that showed that Jesus Christ was alive. He walked on this earth for 40 days, 40 days after the crucifixion. You see? And during that time, he went on doing what God was instructing him to do for 40 days, you see. Now, this is something that is hard for us to wrap our minds around, that here this is a man, this is someone who physically died, but yet still he was resurrected and was seen by other people walking around. This is not just some story. This is not just some uh, uh, myth or whatever, you know, that's saying, yeah, Jesus Christ is who he is because of some myth or or whatever, or he told a whole lot of tales in Being assembled, told them, uh, do not depart from Jerusalem. Verse number 5 says, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with Holy Spirit not many days from now. When When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. So underline all of verse number seven. He said, it's not for you to know the time or the season which the Father has put in his own power. Some things belong to God and we will never know. Simple as that. Some things belong to God, and we will never know. Even Jesus said only only the Father knows when he will return. Even Jesus doesn't know when God will want him to return. At some point in time, God will say to Jesus, Go, my son, go get my children, go get my children. Amen? And Jesus will do so accordingly. But but, but it's not for us to know. Verse number 8 says, But you shall power underline but you shall receive power after Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth and when he had spoken these things while they beheld beheld he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. So now he's telling them the same way he's going up. You shall see him. You shall see him uh, returning, returning to you at some point in time. Then it goes on to say in verse number 12, Then, then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode Peter, and James, and John, and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord, underlined with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus his brethren. Okay, so we see them there waiting. Again, they are on one accord. Now, that says a lot also, because what God has told us and what God has promised us, we as a group, we within a family, we within the body of Christ, we within a ministry, we need to be on one accord. That what God is saying is true. We believe what God is saying as true. And we're going to action, action our lives. And of course, we have to be in agreement. We can't be on this part over here concerning these things I don't believe it I don't believe it because a fracture and a house divided cannot stand the same thing happens within our marriages the same thing happens within our homes if a husband and wife are not on one accord it can bring trouble into the marriage it can be bring trouble into following what God wants them to do this can also be in within 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 relationships I know I know when I was out and dating old back one thing the other person was saying to the other, after a while in time I start distancing myself because no <laughs> amen. you will never be in agreement. And then if you wind up becoming married, you <laughs> even though you <laughs> itself cannot stand. Amen. So <laughs> they're on one accord. So here they were at Galley. They they were gathered. Jesus told them to go there, so here they Gathered there. So now to Act, second chapter of Acts, which everyone is familiar with, okay. And when the day of Pentecost, uh, verse number one, second chapter, verse number one, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all and suddenly they came mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them in tongues as they were there, and it And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. As the Spirit gave them utterance. So here you see this is where Jesus why Jesus told them to go to Jerusalem and to tarry. Because he said that I'm going to do to you what my father had said was going to do, is going to indue in you with the Holy Spirit. So here, while they were on one accord, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, this paved the chain of events with the sin in the garden, Jesus being born amen Jesus ministry for three and a half years or so Jesus death and resurrection on the cross and then because the only way that Holy Spirit could be made available to you every single person every single believer sitting in this room the only way the Holy Spirit could be made available to you was through the death and resurrection of the Father of Jesus amen amen Jesus said at one time when they were asking why do you have to go back and he said it's basically because while I am here Holy Spirit cannot be given to you. Amen? So Jesus be resurrected and back to the Father before God could send Holy Spirit here. Amen? Again, before that, the only ones that had benefit of Holy Spirit were the prophets as God chose to speak to them. Now, every single believer sitting in... Sanctuary has access to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is in you. You, You're baptized with the Holy Spirit. There is the continual infilling of the Holy Spirit. This is why we pray for people in this ministry here. And we have the anointings. The scripture talks about many, many, many infillings. There's one baptism, but there's many, many infillings of Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is available to you as a tool, as a guidance, as a counselor, as it's called in the Greek, as a paraclete, as it's called in Greek. Amen. So Holy. what made this possible. So when you think about Easter Sunday slash resurrection Sunday, you think about that what that really means is that Monday morning, when I go to face my day, which I have challenges laid out before me, that because of what was done after the cross, because what was done after the cross, the resurrection, I now am able to face that issue tomorrow. I am now able to seek guidance from Holy Spirit to give me discernment, to give me the words, to give me strength, because because of what Jesus did, because of that resurrection, now I have Holy Spirit. Okay, so what Jesus did changed the world. It changed mankind, whereas mankind was was doomed. You know, where, where, where mankind was 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 convicted. You you, you know, was, was, I'm sorry, condemned rather, not convicted, but mankind was condemned uh, 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 to to death and no opportunity to spend eternity with God in heaven. Amen. So you've got to understand, and don't be like the people that when Jesus was walking with them, they didn't even recognize him. Don't be like those people when Jesus even showed up in front of them. They still didn't believe until they, until they touched him. Amen? Amen? They still didn't believe. You see? You see? So, so for you, they just say take advantage of it, but, but understand it and use it. Because God is not willing for any of us to be suffering and pulling our hair out on a day-to-day basis. What Jesus did gave us access to the Holy Spirit, gave us the Holy Spirit, gave us the ability to pray directly to the Father. Remember when it said that when Jesus, um, when Jesus finally uttered out, um, "It is finished," it is finished, and gave up the ghost. You have the Spirit. Remember what it said about the veil in the temple. The temple was torn in two. Amen. And that veil, was curtain that between the holy of holies and the that was the one place that no one could go beside the high priest. It was a heavy curtain that was there. No one could go there. Even the high priest, they, carried, they tied a rope around his ankle. His garment, the garment that he wore, if you read Leviticus, where it describes the priest's garment, they'll talk about how at the bottom it had tassels and little bells were tied around the hem of the garment. When he went in there, just so they could hear him, when he went in there and was moving around doing what he had to do, they heard the bells tinkling, tinkling, and then the If all of a sudden the bells stopped tinkling, they know that for some reason he died. The Lord took him home and they had to pull him, they would pull him out by the rope. Amen. Because they could not go in there. Amen. So no man could enter and no man had direct access. When Jesus said, it is finished, that veil, that temple was ripped, that veil in the temple was ripped in two. Meaning now that... that open the way for man, individual people to communicate directly with him. Amen. So that was done. Jesus defeated sickness. If Isaiah it says that by Jesus' stripes I am healed. Amen. So when you're feeling sickness in your body, you bind that up in the name of Jesus. You come against that spirit of infirmity, and you say physically out loud, because with Jesus' stripes I am healed. Amen. So sickness was, was done away with. In terms of it being having the final authority, we can overcome sickness in the name of Jesus. Amen. We have now eternal life. We have Holy Spirit. So this is what the resurrection is all about. And then more on top of that there's, there's there's icing still left here let's go um, let's go to 1 Corinthians go to 1 Corinthians 15 1 Corinthians 15 in closing here 1 Corinthians 15 ok these are the things that the work of the cross and Jesus' resurrection. These are the things that, the icing on the cake, if you will. Verse 51. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Please in we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. But we shall all not die. Okay? We shall all not die, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and you shall be changed. This in the line. And the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must, for this corruptible must put on incorruptible. What that is saying is that at the time of death, that your, your body is going to change. Remember, Paul said also to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. Okay, that this corruptible body, corruptible body, is one that decays, one that that decays. Okay, and one that is mortal. Right now, we are mortal. Amen. But because of the work that Jesus did, at, that, at some point in time, the body is going to go through a transition. The body is going to go through a transition, and 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 and, and, and uh, uh, corruptible will be incorruptible. Okay, and that is mortal shall be Verse 54. So when have put on corruption, as mortal have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. You see? You see? Death has no power over us. Death has no power over us. The child of God. Death has no power over it. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is, is the law. But thanks be to God who has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. So in other words here, at some point in time, if we die before the Lord, physically, before the Lord comes, that, that the, the, it's the word of God says, be absent from the body, present with the Lord. But at some point, though, there's going to be a change in the physical bodies. The physical bodies that we will have will be whatever that body type was that Jesus had that enabled him to be touched, but yet still was able him to transition through solid walls and doors and things like that into some somehow appear and just move from place to place. If you sit and try to think about that, you'll drive yourself nuts trying to figure that out, okay? But this is God. But God is saying that because of the work that Jesus did in his resurrection, he was the firstborn, the first reborn, amen, the first reborn, that we were all born again. When we accepted God and became born again, that puts us into a category that at some point in time, if we die, if Jesus takes us, it will be, be, be changed at a twinkling. It says here that the graves also said there that um, after Jesus died, that the graves were opened, okay, and then after that, there were many people that rose from the graves, and that was after Jesus had ascended, so that was sometimes later. The graves were first opened, and then after Jesus ascended, then they ascended. But there's there's going to be something about this new body that will be immortal. Amen. So it is more than us being spiritual beings into eternity, you know, and I cannot explain it, nor the, the Bible does not get into a lot of detail. We probably would not be able to understand it anyway. Amen. But in, at some point in time, whatever goes into eternity will be some sort of body, the body that will have some some substance to it, but at the same time be like the same body that Jesus had when he ascended to the Father. Amen. Amen. So to me, that's exciting. That's terribly exciting. It shows us that this particular... Day that we um, um, celebrate Resurrection Sunday is looking at the resurrection of Jesus and understanding what it means to us in the future and should indeed give you some profound joy and some profound hope. I know it certainly does for me. amen So as you go through the balance of the day and enjoying time with family, friends and loved ones and you're partaking of those excellent Sunday meals and everything, enjoy this what the Lord did for you and look forward to a wondrous feature, uh, future as long as you're walking in the Lord. Praise God. I pray that this message has been a to you. We close. Let us honor God without...